Welcome to Day Zero Update for August 23rd, 2020. I'm your host, Chris Ologi. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dandra Victoria. And yeah, this has been a pretty busy week. Oh, uh, yeah. A bunch of uh, controversial stuff happening. The epic in Apple saga continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, some weird stuff happening there. But uh, let's see, Oculus, uh, the thing people have been dreading for years after the acquisition yeah. of Facebook is uh, happening. Uh, yep. E3 decided to make themselves uh, known again. Yeah. Uh, did something very stupid. Yeah. Uh, to make sure people knew they uh, uh, should not be trusted, at least on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, uh, we also got some uh, reveals, too. Yeah, Fandom, DC Fandom happened mm-hmm. and got a couple of reveals. Stuff that's not really too surprising because it kind of leaked ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, a bit of good news on the PS5 front, uh, and, uh, we got a couple of delays and a few other things. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, especially Nintendo's Indie World Showcase that, uh, revealed more indie games to people. Might have known about mm-hmm. them before. Uh, so all that, and we'll be, uh, first starting up here with, uh, what we we're playing. I will first go ahead. Uh, my saga with uh, Microsoft si- uh, Flight Simulator continues. Uh, I tried to start it earlier today to another uh, prompt to download an update, uh, which was not fun. Uh, yeah, so it required me to download another 19 gigs or whatever. Still offers me the option where to download it, which I don't get. Well, I can't just install by default to where the the rest of the game is. It's, I've never seen a game prompt me within it to tell me where to download more data, which is weird. Makes it seem like you could just put it on every hard drive you have if you want, just spread it all around, because I'm sure that would make the game run so well. I had to access different hard drives that are running at different speeds and all that, but uh, when I was playing that, or I was trying to play that, I decided to uh, try something else, Battletoads, uh, which is no out one. now. Yeah, the new one. Yeah. Uh, which is out now for oh, boy. Game Pass people. And found out that uh, when you have two Game Pass games, or at least these two Game Pass games uh, on at the same time while you're controlling with the controller, uh, you can control both at the same time. Huh. Uh, the weird thing is that the there's only one controller uh, activatable part of the Microsoft Flight Sim thing when this update thing is gone, which is the link to their forums. So the thing I didn't see uh, happening in the background was it was opening tabs in the Chrome browser I had open oh, at the fun. time for the for, uh, for the uh, the forums, uh, which I did not have an account. So I was just saying, hey, you should sign up because I didn't know what was going on. So every time I hit A, or I was playing with DualShock 4, uh, so X, uh, which you don't use too much in the... The beat 'em up segments, but when you are in the menus and such, uh, you're hitting that a lot, a few dozen times. So I came back and was like, oh, what? What? Oh, realized that was going on. Tried to see if there's any way for it to not do this, and no, I, as far as I can tell, I uh, can't run the game and tell it not to take inputs, especially when it's stupid. Stuff like a link that shouldn't be. Shouldn't be the way that the controller interacts with that page anyway. Uh, at least I wasn't pausing it or anything like that. But uh, 
eventually it got to the point where I was on the, the battle or the, the speeder bike sequence, uh, where it just paused the game every time I hit A, which you need to jump. So it was just, became unplayable at a certain point. I stopped because no points to continue. So, uh, that was, that was the whole Microsoft Flight Sim aspect of it. Uh, as for Battletoads, uh, it's been okay so far. I don't really find the combat to be all that great. It's your typical mash the, uh, the square or X button to do your, your, uh, basic attack. You got like a launcher on the Y slash triangle button. Uh, B slash O is your, uh, like, it's like a kind of a special attack, I guess, like this bigger attack if you need to kind of knock a group out of the way, but if you hold it down, it knocks people, knocks enemies out of their, like, guard uh, yeah, it's a animation. Guard. And so I have times where I'm trying to knock them out of the guard, and I just let go too soon and just do the, like, the special attack weird thing. Uh, and A does a jump, but you're not really using that too much uh, in the, the beat-em-up parts. I think there's a... The, the right trigger is your, like, dodge, uh, which is useful, because uh, they have uh, a lot of dudes that come at you. And yeah, like, that stuff seemed fine. It's not really as good as, like, Streets of Rage 4, which kind of, I think, you know, brought that stuff together in a way that felt fun and felt like as you got better at it, you got, you know, you had more fun with the game. Whereas this just felt like, eh, you just kind of beat on the dudes for a bit, and eventually they die. Um, they throw you into these, this continuous boss fight, uh, that just reappears a few times throughout the, the first level, uh, which he just takes damage and it doesn't really feel good, uh, to it. And, uh, the neat thing they do is you have all three toads at once, so you can kind of move, uh, back and forth. Uh, so if one gets knocked out, it just moves to the next one. Uh, and they control a bit differently. Uh, I I don't really remember the names, but one's kind of your standard one. Uh, the bigger dude uh, is slower, but he does more damage, uh, which is good for the boss fights. Uh, and the smaller one is faster and can get combos out uh, a good bit faster than everybody else, but he is uh, a little bit lighter and easier to knock around. So like, there's there's some neat mechanics with that. Uh, occasionally, like you'll knock uh, flies out of enemies when you kill them. Which you use the I think left trigger and Y to to grab them to give you a little bit more health. Uh, there's also collectibles that show up, which I like that when I missed one I could just run back through the stage and find it. Uh, so you weren't necessarily blocked from going back to the rest of the stage. It's just there's nothing else there once you beat the enemies. So it's just like oh I'll have to start this all over again, which is at least a nice thing uh, for that and. Uh, but once you beat that, you get the cutscenes that make you realize, oh, they've been stuck in like a simulator for the past 26 years of them. Oh. Like in this, like, I guess like a VR simulator, they don't really show it at all. It's just like this new sort of like, oh, we found some toads in a, in a hole in the ground and some sort of like simulator thing, thinking they were cool for the last 26 years, whatever, and they have to get like real jobs. <laughs> uh, of which are just like QTE sequences. Uh, I think the one of them is a masseuse. So you're just hitting the triggers uh, over and over again, uh, for, mm-hmm. and then swirling the sticks around occasionally. And you're getting like 
points, like it's like it's the beat 'em up sequence. Uh, I think if you do it fast enough, you get a hundred thousand points for uh, each of the checks. And, uh, the other one is working on computers. Uh, I think he says he's like an email attacher. Yeah. Uh, so he attaches uh, attachments to emails for the company, I guess. And he's like, you switch between the triggers to tap and then uh, press B a bunch to beat it into working again. That kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I keep peering over to these dudes talking at the water cooler. Like, yeah, this dude's like stuck in the 90s. He thinks 90s games are cool. Uh, it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, the lizard's looking at us again. Uh, mm-hmm. should go back to work and the other one is okay that the the last one's kind of funny because he he is uh like doing the signet uh, no he's like setting up the uh, autographs for some sea of thieves dude that's getting at an autograph <laughs> session so like he's not even good mm-hmm. enough for like some some pirate uh skeleton king dude mm. uh so like they're extra tied. meta yeah yeah like, you guys are so irrelevant that Sea of Thieves is more popular than you, uh, kind of thing. And then, when it comes to the... Yeah, very self-aware. Yeah. Love it. Uh, then they're back in their apartment, which is really shitty. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, one guy's like, oh, I, I think I heard a robber. He's like, why? It, there's, we got nothing worth stealing. So he goes in to apologize to the robbers that they got nothing to steal. And finds the, the third one that's, like, just become a conspiracy nut. Complete uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, the, the the pin board with red red string all over it. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I think the 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 bad guy from the original game uh, is still around. We gotta uh, we gotta go back and beat him. All that stuff, and they, they join him. And that's you on the speeder bike sequence after that. And I don't know what happens after that because they can't play it while the flight sim is still installing. So uh, that seemed to that, that sequence the the bit I could play is seem seemed fine. It's just you're going down a 3D uh, like tunnel with 2D obstacles in the way uh, you dodge left yeah. and right and all that. The same kind of thing that's in the original game. It seems like they're kind of rebooting. And they also mentioned like the uh, Battletoads reboot at the end before they go onto the the adventure. I guess mm-hmm. so it's it's a weird game. It's yeah, and it's like the original where like the beat 'em up stuff is not everything. I assume it's yeah. a lot of platforming and weird stuff and. I hope it's, uh, it seems like it's probably more, uh, newbie friendly, because the, the mm-hmm. original game is just fucked in terms of difficulty oh, yeah, all the, the time. Controls and all that, it's not. It's there's not a reason why when, um, Rare put out their Rare collection, um, they basically had to add, like, a pause and reverse features and all that shit for the yeah, battle. Where you could do save battle. states and all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, because otherwise that game is legit impossible to play. Yeah, a lot of their older games are based around bullshit like that, so... Yeah, that's... It seems like they're making it like the original, which has some variety to it. Um, but it's probably easier to get through. But yeah, mm-hmm. what I've played so far, it's it seems okay. Perfect for Game Pass, where you're like, oh, I'll play this for a couple hours and I'll be done. Uh, mm-hmm. It won't. Maybe if you have super nostalgia for it, I don't know. I don't. I never really played it much beyond yeah. the 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 biker mice and Battletoads game. That's mm-hmm. the only one I really played much of. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this uh, this one seems all right. I guess. 
Yeah, it's not. It, the sort of the, there's a certain branch of gamers that we all know and detest that really doesn't like it because it gets a little too real for them. Yeah, yeah, it's like that stuff is kind of neat as far as like acknowledging like that nothing's been done with them for twenty some years uh, since the the SNES game and yeah. all that. But yeah, it's it seems totally fine. Like yeah, they also you know they redesigned the Dark Queen and. uh yeah, uh, they actually bring up the fact, like, later in the game, she's like, yeah, you guys remember what my old design was, right? Do you know how fucking ridiculous it was? Yeah. And you know that pissed off all the old ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's Battletoads. It seems fine. Uh, it seems like uh, a thing like Netflix does was like, oh, we brought, like, a, a movie uh, of this classic, you know, show or whatever you... Like and it's like yeah it's okay whatever move on um, but yeah also been playing Fall Guys got some more wins yesterday and so they did their uh, put up a new like uh, crossover costume that's Peabody from Portal Two uh, which is mm-hmm. one of the co-op robots uh, so that's the one I'm working towards I need ten crowns for uh, that so uh, I got six right now so almost there. Uh, managed to get some good wins, and uh, especially one that was basically where I fell all the way down to the last uh, layer of uh, what is it, uh, hexagon, and managed to survive there the the rest of the time, uh, and, and saw the the last guy fall through into the goo uh, before I won. So that was that was pretty fun. Uh, so yeah, that continues. Fall guys, uh, I'm not nearly done with the. Uh, season pass with like 40 some days left. I think I'm at 31 of 40. So getting there. But uh also played the Avengers beta. Uh, this was last Sunday night. Uh, got up to the point where it seemed like it was starting to open up uh, with Kamala Khan and uh, Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked her controls, her like gameplay more than any of the others. Because uh, hers is basically just Monkey D. Luffy. One Piece. Uh, yeah. She's very stretchy. She just mm-hmm. when she goes to swing cross gaps, she just you know stretches her arm out, and grabs the the thing up top, and swings over. Uh, that kind of stuff. It works. It works pretty well. Feels feels better than the rest, which are all just like ah, eh, just kind of beat dudes up. Or uh, Iron Man just kind of like yeah, you fly over a bit, I guess, because there's a couple flying enemies. They don't really yep. give you much of any of those to really get the the nuance of the controls. So uh, like the Hulk. Hulk controls pretty well, and they just throw a bunch of bots at you, aim bots, because uh, that's kind of the the big baddie right now. Early on is aim, uh, who kind of rose out of the A day thing, and surprise, they're not uh, totally on the up and up. Uh, I believe Modok's gonna be like the the ultimate baddie for the game. Uh, so far, it seems like eh, it's okay. I guess doesn't seem like it's gonna be yeah. uh, a thing that's as good as. The, the amount of time it's taken them to get to this point. Yeah. This game. Uh, especially yeah. considering it's out in less than two weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Jeez, the end of next week. Yep. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I picked uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Because that's, uh, from the demo they put out, seems much more ready for launch and at the end of next week than Avengers is. Um. Also, been playing Rogue Legacy 2, which is out on Steam now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you own the original on Steam, you get, uh, I think I have a 10% discount and then an, an extra 10% uh, for people that own Rogue Legacy on Steam, so it's 20% off right now, which makes it like 16 bucks. Uh, so far, it's very much Rogue Legacy, uh, meaning I've died a bunch because oh, yeah. uh, I'm bad at the game, at least right mm-hmm. now. Cause, uh, so the things they've done, uh, you still have the castle to build up. Uh, there are specific parts of it that, specifically when you hover over it, says uh, this will be added in a later update. I think they're doing like the Hades thing where they're like, hey, we're going to have our next major update in like 53 days mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. So not, instead of just like uh, nebulous, you know, time frames when they add new content and all that. So they're kind of doing the Hades thing. Like we're going to get you stuff like every couple months here until launch. Uh, let's see. You have like the little town you go to before uh, you go start the, the next run so you can buy upgrades for equipment and all that stuff. I'm still process of unlocking all of it. Uh, but as you buy stuff in the castle, the other things get more ex- uh, expensive, so you definitely want to pay attention to buy the the important stuff, like new classes and that. Uh, and you meet Sharon, who takes all your money to get the upgrade for the offshore shavings account, so you get a bit of your yeah. money back uh, from that. Uh, then you go into the castle, and uh, so far... Uh, the nice thing is when you die, it shows you your path through the the, the castle, the map, uh, and shows you where you kill all these enemies at. So just here's a list of enemies, and it gives you you can buy stuff that gives you bonuses for uh, how well you do in the run, uh, as well as when you die, it shows you your three uh, uh, kids, and some of them have gold bonuses to them. Uh, it might be because it's offering you a character that's low health and low attack damage, so it's tougher. But it might give you like 50% gold bonus for that yeah. kind of stuff. So it does incentives for you to try try out different things, and uh, you don't know what some of the different uh, effects will be until you actually try them out. Which has some, it's like, oh, it's D.Va effect, which means it blacks out the rest of the screen outside of the spotlight that's shining on you. Uh, but also when you beat all the enemies in a, in a room... There's a bunch of uh, roses that get thrown around the stage. It's like, mm-hmm. a, you know, like the end of a, an opera kind of thing. Uh, so there's some there's some, there's some some neat stuff there. There's like one that just tints the whole screen like a brownish, nostalgic kind of t- tint. Uh, that kind of stuff. Or there's some that's like, oh, if you eat food, you get damaged. You can't, your, your person has, you know, IBS or whatever. Uh, that kind of thing. Uh, there's a lot of like, fun little things there, but... Uh, some of the new classes are pretty neat. There's uh, one that has a bow, which you you know directly aim, uh, that kind of thing. So you can kind of uh, set it up to take out enemies, uh, longer distance, that kind of stuff. Uh, there's a bunch mm-hmm. of different kinds of enemies as well, stuff that uh, flies around like flying hands. With One has an axe, so when it goes to its special message, it's... Uh, uh, it's like does a spinning attack towards you that does like a mm-hmm. uh, direct like uh, attack at you, depending on where you're at. So you got to figure out ways to dodge that stuff and uh, get your attacks in. I think I have a mage unlocked. I haven't tried that one yet, but uh, it definitely has that hook of, you know, oh, I need you know X amount to get this upgrade or buy this equipment, so I'm going to do my run trying to uh, you know, get enough of that gold so that uh, I can get that upgrade kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it works out pretty well, but I don't know what kind of content is in the game just yet. Uh, how many bosses or whatever is in it, so 
Uh, still got to work my way through that, but uh, that's been pretty fun so far. And the yeah, the art style is really nice. Uh, the original is just kind of more pixelated art style. Uh, this one's kind of more uh, hand-drawn 2D art kind of look to it that looks really sharp. So that's, uh, that's pretty nice. And uh, yeah, played some more American Truck Sim, finished up the, the Idaho event. So I should be getting the, the special little cosmetic bonus uh, with the next update. So uh, that was pretty fun. And, uh, yeah, that's been, uh, pretty much it. How about you, Pat? Oh, well, um, a lot of my time has just been spent, um, detailing some, some key points of this, uh, new editorial direction I'm hoping we can roll out in the coming months. But, um, in addition to that, I've been playing a lot of retro stuff, really. Um, Rally Day Europe. Is has been getting a lot of my racing time. Um, absolutely fantastic rally racer on the PS1 that never made it over to North America. I highly recommend it if you're into import gaming. Uh, Final Soldier, uh, I believe this is the high point of the Star Soldier series. Mm-hmm. And of course it was the one that got left off of the TurboGrafx Mini. Um, Naturally, <laughs> but um, it's just an absolute joy to play. Even though it doesn't even have co-op, it just it feels so good to just in its core gameplay that you don't really think about that. Side by side special, another one of those street racing games where um, where the starting line of every track is at a convenience store. Um. Another really good arcade racing series for um, for the PlayStation that we never got to experience over here, and that's kind of a recurring theme in my gaming right now. I'm I've got a 128 gig uh, flash drive for my PlayStation Classic, and I'm using it primarily to give myself the import gaming experience I couldn't afford back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely making the most of that. And then uh, heading back over to the Turbo Duo, I am playing Dragon Slayer: The Legend of The Legend of Heroes, uh, going back to where that series began. And oh yeah, that is a totally different game. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I'm still having a blast with it. And yeah, um, as old school JRPGs go, it's a pretty solid one, I have to say. Yep. So. Yeah, I, that's been my week. All right. Uh, well, as for me, I am still playing Code Vein. I am very close to the end now. I've only got, I think, one more boss before the game's over. Um, but I need to sort of spend some time leveling up before I go up against him because I'm already in the uh, the sort of, you know, the last... Uh, area of the game before the boss and the regular enemies are kicking my ass, so I need to go back and do some things. Um, but yeah, I do still recommend that game. It is probably a lot more approachable and not nearly as foreboding as like Dark Souls or Bloodborne is. Um, uh, it's, uh, somewhat also a little easier than those games, but not by much. Mostly because, um, amongst other things, you, uh, you, you know, you don't, 
you know, unlike in Dark Souls, when you die and you go back to the bonfire, you basically only come back with half of your life bar, and you have to go back to where you last died to pick up your lost, uh, you know, your lost souls in order to get your other half of your life bar back. Uh, you don't have that problem in this game. You just uh, end up getting kicked back to where you last, uh, you know, ended up where you last, you know, made your. They're called missile in this game, but they're basically just. There, it's a bonfire mechanic, um, and also uh, unlike in Dark Souls, um, you actually have an AI companion with you most of the way. So it's you know, and uh, some of them are particularly strong. Um, so you've also got them helping you out, and also if you uh, die, they will occasion. They can also like uh, offer you some of their health bar to help you know, bring you back and give you some health. Um, but yeah, it's definitely good. It is definitely thirsty anime Dark Souls, and that is absolutely true. Um, especially, like, one of the first major bosses you fight is basically a robot stripper version of Hatsune Miku. Like, it's it's okay, not... Then. Yeah. <laughs> they don't call her Hatsune Miku, but she has the hairstyle. It's the same hair color. She's got the same build. It's Hatsune Miku. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a good game. Um, and then of course I've also been playing an actual Souls-like game, which is Bloodborne, and that game keeps kicking my ass because I keep forgetting, oh yeah, I'm not playing Code Vein anymore. (laughs) Um, I will admit though that going back and playing it again, um, once you get a good handle on the game's mechanics, it's not quite as... I guess intimidating as it was the first time around I played it because the first time you play Bloodborne, everything about that game makes the whole experience seem very foreboding and like, like almost overwhelming. But, you know, once you come back and get a handle of it, it's not quite as bad. Doesn't mean the game gets any easier because fuck no, it is not. Um, but yeah, it's it's still good, still really good, and yeah, the there really is something to say about Souls like games and like the sense of accomplishment you get for getting all this shit with all the all the challenges that await you. Um, it also reminds me that uh, Gamescom is going to be later this week, and I'm really hoping we finally hear something more about Elden Ring from From Software because it's been almost a year and we haven't heard shit. So it's From's way. Yeah. And I mean, it's also a George R. R. Martin project, and well, we know how good he is with deadlines. He's not. I also yeah. honestly wouldn't expect much until the PS5 and Xbox Series X come out, but yeah, it's possible. Um, but maybe we'll also hear more about that uh, that re- that remake of Demon Souls that uh, Japan Studios is working on. That one, you definitely will. Yeah. Um. I'm looking forward to that one because I haven't played the original Demon Souls since I got rid of my PS3. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Uh, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, so if you tuned in last week, um, you probably heard me complaining about California going through its worst heat wave of the, of the summer. Yeah, um, and I, it got I worse. And I complained about thunderstorms. Yeah, it turns yeah. out those thunderstorms ended up causing uh, probably the biggest fire in California known to man, my state is currently still on fire and uh you know while while trump just uh 
uh, uh, they, they did give us some funding. He, he still said, yeah, you guys got to make sure you, you clean your roads. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that pisses me off. But anyway, yeah, so. you just got to go. <laughs> that's how you got to clean the forest to solve all your problems. Because that's yes. how that works. Mm-hmm. Dry leaves, the environment, the environment. Anyway. Um, anyway, my house is like five miles to the west of uh, some of the biggest fires in uh, Santa Clara County, uh, which luckily was put out a couple days ago. But mm-hmm. it, it was a pretty stressful time. A lot of my, um, uh, like, a lot of dear friends of mine were had to like evacuate and stuff. But you know, we appear to be okay now. However, tomorrow we are uh, probably going to expect some more thunderstorms going through 5 p.m. So I'm like, all right, cool. Anyway, as that as that was all happening. Uh, of course, I was stressed out, but at the same time, Battletoads came out. So I was like, I can't sleep. I'm going to go ahead and play Battletoads for like five hours. And uh, man, so just to give you guys some background, um, I'm actually a huge fan of Battletoads. Um, the NES game, I, I used to play religiously. Like I would leave my NES on just so I wouldn't lose my spot. And then I'd wake up, play, and then get, get killed and start from the beginning again. So mm-hmm. I am totally used to the torture that is Battletoads. And then when Rare Replay came out, I finally got a chance to play a Battletoads arcade. Mm-hmm. Totally loved that game. And yeah, so when I played the Xbox uh, One version of Battletoads, um, I was very impressed with the graphics. Um, and so far, like the, the, the game totally feels good. The main problem, though, is uh, it's not its fault, but Streets of Rage 4 also came out this year. and. Yeah. You know, that's probably like, you know, the, the new standard as far as like bringing back the uh, side scrolling beat em up genre. Um, but for what it's worth, uh, Battletoads is, is, is still pretty solid. You know, Chris talked about it for, for a bit uh, with the nuances of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Battletoads is more strategic in the sense that when you really have to study your enemies on the screen because mm-hmm. each enemy does something different and um, the way they combine like. Uh, their various issues to kill you are are are, are pretty problematic. Like um, you'll have some enemies that'll that'll throw things that that that'll go in a in a parabolic state. You'll have some that that are just strong and whatnot. And you really have to decide like which enemies should I kill first in order to properly move on. And um, that in itself is really really hard. And you'll find yourself like throwing your controller as a result. But mm-hmm. the one um, so I would say Battle Toad is harder than Switch of Rage Four. But at the same time, it's more forgiving because of its checkpoint system. Um, there are points where, like, you know, you'll, you'll die in the middle of a string of enemies. But when you mm-hmm. come back, you'll, you'll pretty much be at that same point. And that goes the same for the bosses as well. So um, a lot of the bosses are, like, they're, they're, they're pretty much impossible. No matter, like, if, if you know their, their, um, their patterns and whatnot, like, it's... it's uh, if, if I had quarters, I, I pretty much have no home today. Like that's mm. just, that's just pretty much the way it would go. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not gonna go into the story because like Chris pretty much already talked about it. But the cutscenes I think are actually pretty good. Um, a lot of people find it annoying, but if if you're appreciative of like you know 90s Nickelodeon and stuff like that, the game pretty much looks like a cross between The Fairly Odd Parents and Kim Possible. And mm-hmm. um, I actually really like that that animation style. Uh, the game is pretty funny. The the the, the jokes are hit home mainly because of how um how, how self aware they are. Like you know, Chris already talked about how um they're they're pretty much just just, just full of themselves, and I, and I totally love that about it. Um, and then an- another praise, which is also sort of a detriment to the game I have for it, is the fact that it pretty much tries to be everything because it parodies everything. Um, yeah. As, as you get deeper into the game, it it eventually becomes a twin stick shooter. 
and mm-hmm. it, it, it's actually really good. And then all of a sudden you beat that level and all of a sudden the game becomes trying. And I'm like, okay, trying is not a side scrolling beat em up. It's a platformer and uh, a platformer where you, where you, where you can't even attack. So it's kind of weird. It, it has that Rayman slash, um, yeah, it, it, it has that Rayman braid vibe. And it's, it's really cool because the, the music like, um, sounded really whimsical. So I was like, wow, these, these guys really, um, hit it here. So, you know, people who are purists are, 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 are going to hate that about it. But then again, it's kind of weird because, um, the older Battletoads games combined platforming with side-scrolling beat-em-up. And, um, these levels don't really do that. They're more separated. So it's weird. You'll have one platforming level, you'll have one beat-em-up level, and all of a sudden you'll have the, you know, the, the motorcycle levels, and they're all really weird. But, um, anyway, yeah, I, uh, have the review. I'll probably have, have it up this week, and I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. But again, like, if, if you've played Street Fighter or, uh, or uh, Street of Rage 4, don't expect the same amount of quality, but it's still good in its own right. Um, I really hope they end up making this into a into a modern series rather than than, than a one off because um, they, they, there's a lot of good ideas here, and uh, yeah, it's good. Um, I I also started Atelier Riza, uh, Ever Darkness in the Secret Hideout on Monday. Mm-hmm. For those of you unfamiliar, this RPG series has been around since like the late '90s, and They've released one every year, so like that's part of the reason why I uh, like write it off because there is no way like I can really follow an RPG series that's updated every year, and they haven't really done much to really um, enhance the gameplay from year to year. And apparently, uh, this latest one, Atelier Ryza, which came out last last year, uh, was probably its biggest evolution. Um, like visually, it, it, it looks fantastic. It's like up there with Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, has has a nice um, anime look to it, mm-hmm. uh, and anyway, the, the the game is primarily about crafting weapons and solving puzzles via crafting. Um, it's not something that I'm particularly good at, nor that nor that I really like. But Atelier Rise actually handles it pretty well. Um, the main thing, though, is that uh, the tutorials can be a little much, and at the same time, they don't tell you enough. Like I spent around 15 minutes trying to. Uh, make this weapon in order to move, move the story the story forward, but it didn't really tell me how to do that. And then I would go on game packs and stuff, and like it still wouldn't make any sense. So um, I just had to like randomly go into different menus to finally decide what I was going to do, and I finally moved it forward. But like having to go through all that is kind of frustrating. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, this game is actually going to get a sequel uh, on both the Switch and PS4 later this year, and. Um, uh, very rarely do any of these games ever get a sequel, so if it did, then that means it's doing well. So I figure I'd give it a try. Um, so far, it's, so far it's interesting. Um, I, I don't know if I really want to beat it, but it, it hasn't done anything to make me want to want to put it down. So yeah. uh, between this and Battletoads, they're very different experiences, and uh, yeah, they're pretty fun. Um, I've also been playing Animal Crossing, but you know, you, you, you've heard that you, you've heard enough from me there. Mm-hmm. I do want to want to point out that there's a new um, documentary series on Netflix called High Score, and it's about the um, history of, uh, of video games. Uh, mm-hmm. The first episode is about uh, the growth of arcades and Atari. Second mm-hmm. episode is about Nintendo taking over. Third episode is about RPGs. The next episode is about uh, the Sega and Nintendo console war. And like mm-hmm. uh, the documentary is really well, uh, well put together. Uh, they interview a lot of uh, cool sources on here, and you see a lot of like old content you wouldn't expect to see at all. Um, from from the archives and it, it, yeah. it's really well done so if you have a netflix account or you want to borrow someone's i totally recommend the series I, I, I watched it all in about a day so yeah. good stuff. 
But that's it. All, All right. right. So yeah, that is uh, that is what we've been playing this week. Seems like a, a good mix of stuff here. Um, but yeah, we'll start off with our news for the week. Uh, the Nintendo's Indie World Showcase brought a, a lot of uh, a lot of news bits here. Uh, we'll go through mm-hmm. the the list of stuff they show because there's a lot of interesting indie games here. Oh. Uh, first one here, Hades finally come to consoles. Seems to be a Switch launch exclusive. Yeah, uh, coming later this year. Uh, they've That's said they're they're looking to bring it to the other consoles, but it wouldn't be until next year because uh, they're just focusing on getting the the PC version done for 1.0 uh, as well as Switch, and uh, it'll have cross saves with the PC version. Really cool. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, that is uh, that's good. That finally is getting done. Uh, yeah. From my played of it on Steam and early access, it's a really well done uh, roguelike uh, yeah. action game. Really, really well done action, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice character stuff when you get back to your home when you inevitably die. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's fun game. It's super giant. It's yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, and it's stylistically just gameplay wise is pretty different from their other stuff as well. That's kind of the, well. That's basically the case for all of their games. Yeah, I'm saying it's it's like the rest of the games. Uh, maybe art wise, it's similar, but the the rest of it they do a unique thing, uh, mm-hmm. go for a unique genre with their games, and somehow pull it off really well. Yep. Um, let's see. Our second game here, Hypnospace Outlaw, is finally coming to consoles, PS4, Switch, Xbox One on August 27th. If you don't mm-hmm. know what that game is, it is a love letter to the '90s internet. Uh, it is from, uh, a bunch of, it's a, it's a weird, weird game. Uh, demos out on Switch now. Uh, but if you've got the, the itch.io bundle, I believe you have that on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's in there somewhere. Uh, but it's like a nineties internet, uh, internet simulator, uh, where you are kind of a, a mod for mm-hmm. their internet and you're kind of looking around these people's, uh, weird websites that are very much echoing like GeoCities, the way that was that style was done back then. Oh, uh, yeah. Which means lots of GIFs and animated backgrounds and garish color schemes and all this shit that you don't really see anymore. Uh, but you're looking mm-hmm. for, like, violations and such, and you uh, uncover, like, some deeper shit going on. Uh, so, yeah, it's like all that kind of weird shit that's going on. But, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the more weird games that came out last year. Uh, so it's nice that it's getting uh, uh, releases on consoles. Uh, the next game, Spiritfarer, uh, which is out now for PC, uh, PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. I think it's on Game Pass as well, so if you have that, you should be able yep. to check it out. Uh, I talked about this before. It's kind of a weird like uh, adventure platformer kind of thing, management game, mm-hmm. uh, where you're managing, managing like a boat that is taking... Uh, people have recently deceased to the afterlife, but you're kind of doing stuff for them. Uh, hanging out, talking with them, learning about them, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And it's a, it's a pretty nice, like, positive kind of game. Uh, and that is, uh, yeah, it's out now. What is, I think it's 30 bucks. Uh, let's see, Garden Story. Uh, that's out 2021. I think it's just Switch and PC for that. Uh, and that's, uh, it's a weird little game. It's uh, kind of got the action RPG stuff from Stardew Valley uh, with a little mm-hmm. bit of the, the farming stuff, but uh, a lot of what you're doing is going around, taking quests, uh, 
uh, exploring areas, taking out enemies, all that kind of stuff, collecting the, the things they drop and items and all that kind of stuff. At first, when I, when I saw this game, I was like, oh, it's it's pretty cute. And then I found out the main character is a grape named Concord. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I find out that there's an apple named Fuji, and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's a neat little game. Uh, let's see, the next one, Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero are coming to Switch in early 2021. Uh they have done a lot of work to get this onto the Switch because it does not look nearly as good as the the other versions. <laughs> uh, I saw this and I immediately had to start it up my PC version to be like, wait, that's not how that game looks, right? I was like, yep. Uh, like the water is much more cloudy uh, mm-hmm. to it. It still looks pretty nice for what it is, but that's definitely a bit of a, a bit of a downgrade. But that's not really too much of a surprise. It, that's a game that looks fantastic on uh, PC and the other consoles. So. Uh, definitely takes a bit of uh, work to get that onto like the Switch, but uh, that is out. Yeah, early 2021. That's that's a game definitely. If you're into like the survival uh, crafting games, uh, you can uh, check it out sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There's Takeshi and Hiroshi, uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of a uh, weird little game where you're kind of a a 14 year old aspiring game designer who is making. Uh, games for his little brother, like RPGs. Uh, yeah. And you're kind of, I guess, making design decisions on that stuff. That changes how it plays as he... So each next uh, act you're making for him, you can like, make it a little harder or uh, to challenge him or make it a little easier if he's having trouble, that kind of stuff. Uh, but the the story stuff is done like a stop-motion animation. Stuff yeah. that uh, looks really good. And that is out now. I think it has a sale on the Switch. For launch, uh, yeah, it's about eight bucks instead of nine bucks, so a little bit of a discount there. Uh, the next one is Raji and Ancient e- uh, Ancient Epic. It's out now. Yeah, I've been hearing about this one. Yeah, this is one that was in the the various like Steam Game Fest demo things mm-hmm. they were doing. Uh, yeah, so um, I I actually played this while it was the Summer of Gaming demo on Xbox One. Okay. And uh, like from from what I played, it, it it was really enjoyable. Um, to provide more of a background on it, it's made by a small Indian developer. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all know, you know, representation matters, and we 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 don't really have very many games to talk about a lot of like um, uh, various uh, eth- ethnic stories, and uh, Raji is one of them. Um, from yeah. what I played, uh, from from the demo anyway, it was really enjoyable, and the game pretty much presents itself like an isometric Prince of Persia with some God of War mixed in. Yeah. And as I was playing it on Xbox, I was like, this game would be so much better on Switch. So lo and behold, it's a time exclusive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jordan's doing the review and he hates it. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, it's based on Hindu and Balinese mythology. Yeah. Uh, so you definitely get a bit of that. Which, now that I think about it, I'm kind of surprised we don't see more of that. Yeah. I remember in the gaming world. S- I remember some comedian, uh, Indian comedian that was doing a bit about how awesome. Uh, like Hindu mythology is, and how it'd be just as good as the Avengers and all that. Uh, yeah, they have a lot of gods that are uh, very fantastical, and amazing, like that. that yeah, they uh, it's traditional Hindu myth. Uh, as far as on the weirdness scale, it uh kind of puts Greek mythology to shame. Yeah, like it really, really does. Uh, I forget what the the comedian was that was doing that, but it was uh. Definitely something I still remember. So yeah, it's nice that somebody's actually going, going around to actually doing it. 
Uh, not sure if there's a discount on that. Let me check. Yeah, there is. It's a uh, twenty-two forty-nine instead of twenty-five bucks, so a little bit ten percent off there. Uh, but you can check yeah, that out. Yeah, it's uh, let's see, Baron Breakfast, uh, which I believe is a uh, management simulator where you are a bear running a bed and breakfast. Uh, yeah, so they had taken the role of Hank, a well-meaning bear trying to turn an abandoned shack into a successful B&B. As business expands, sort of the mysteries of the forest, soon Hank will find himself uncovering a plot deeper than the wilderness itself. So yeah, like a, a little bit like uh, Stardew Valley, but you have uh, a B&B instead of a farm kind of thing, I guess. And that's uh, launching early... Uh, t- or no, just 2021 as a time switch exclusive. Uh, there's Card Shark, which comes from the developer of the Reigns games. Uh, those like card-based uh, kind of uh, choose-your-own-adventure games. I was in one of those Game of Thrones-themed. Uh, they're coming back with another game that's card-themed called Card Shark, where you're kind mm-hmm. of uh, you know just playing cards uh, in a... 18th century French society, you can cheat and all that kind of stuff, uh, but you have to be careful because people can see through that stuff and uh, potentially threaten to uh, as a result, so the devs mentioned that like this game will teach you how to cheat at cards, so uh, it has a really yeah. nice style to it as well, so that's, uh, that's out 2021 as a Switch launch exclusive. Uh, oh, I missed one here. A Short Hike is out now, uh, which is a game that I think I have, I think I have twice, I think Epic Game Store gave it out as a free game at one point, and I think it's also part of that itch.io uh, social justice bundle as well. That uh, is kind of a low-res, kind of PS1, N64 kind of style 3D game, uh, but you're kind of just exploring this uh, this area, uh, like a hiking area kind of thing, some mountains, some water. I think for the Switch version, they added a boat so you can swim more fa- uh, a little bit more quickly in the water, uh, that kind of stuff, but you're kind of exploring, talking to people... Uh, finding collectibles and treasures and all that kind of stuff. Uh, from everything I've heard, it's a very like peaceful, uh, calm kind of game. It's a nice, uh, nice thing to play like in these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a time switch exclusive. Uh, let's see, Torchlight Three got announced for oh. consoles. Yep. Uh, fall 2020 for PS4, Switch, Xbox One. Uh, that's the third game in the series. Obviously, that's. Uh, Launched during the summer on PCs, early access. I'm not sure if they're uh, sticking to the early access kind of thing, or if it's coming out at 1.0. I assume it's coming out at 1.0 if it's coming to the consoles. Uh, mm-hmm. The Switch version, I think, has a exclusive pet for it as a bonus there. I assume all the consoles will. That's how that uh, Torchlight 2 uh, release on the consoles kind of was, like pre-order bonuses for each of the versions. Uh, so that'll be happening sometime this fall. Uh, this Manifold Garden, which is an indie game that's been talked about for quite a long time. Uh, came out on PC, I think, last year. Uh, but it's out now. PS4, Switch, Xbox One. I believe it has a discount on all of those. Uh, that is very much like a... Uh, one of those kind of uh, portal, like first-person uh, puzzle exploration. But the thing with Manifold is it's kind of based on uh, visual, uh, Escher-esque uh, kind of uh, architecture. Mm-hmm. Where you kind of fall off the the structure you're on, but there's like infinite versions of it down below. So sometimes you do that to get to the top of a building if you can't figure out a way to get up there, that kind of stuff. But you can also potentially like turn the 
turn things on its side, that kind of stuff. It's it's a lot of like trippy uh, manipulation of gravity and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it has a really nice style to it as well. Uh, for yeah, that. Manifold Garden, like a handful of the games in this presentation, is one of those games that was uh, highly featured on, on Apple Arcade. But uh, yeah. now that those rights are pretty much expired, or they're on Switch now. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's good to see these get get, uh, get more of an audience with you know actual buttons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the next game was Evergate, an indie game. It's made by I think a pretty small team. Uh, that is kind of uh, find it here. It's a 2D puzzle platformer where it has kind of a, a neat little mechanic here where uh, called the Soul Flame, which grants you the power to slow down time, lets you manipulate things in the environment and all that. So uh, that's uh, it's out now. I think it's just on Switch uh, and PC. Uh, let's see. There's and then they show like a montage of other games that are coming as well. Uh, there's Haven, which we talked about before. That's uh, also coming to PS4, Switch, and PC. Uh, at the moment, that's kind of a, an RPG, like a relationship RPG where you're going around with uh, two characters who are boyfriend-girlfriend, uh, doing quests and all that kind of stuff, but doesn't really rely so much on stats and numbers to it. Uh, but that's out later this year. Uh, there's Going Under, which is a... Uh, I'm trying to think what that one was. I think that one's kind of a beat-em-up, kind of weird roguelike beat-em-up. Uh, I think Devolver's publishing that one. Or Raw Fury, or one of those publishers is publishing it, but uh, it's out September 24th. PC, PS4, Switch, Xbox One. There's the Red Lantern, which I think is the, I think it's the, the dog sled game. Uh, they got featured on a, on a Nintendo Direct a while back, but that's coming out this autumn. Epic Game Store, Switch, and Xbox One. There's Unrailed, which is a, uh, I think it's involves a, like a, it's like a co-op game where you're with a team of people building up like a train rails uh, across the stage, but it's kind of procedurally generated, so you're kind of beating up enemies and all this kind of stuff. It's weird. Uh. But that's September 23rd. Uh, Struggling, uh, which is a, a weird fucking game. Very kind of creepy art style. That's out August 27th. There's Inmost. I forgot what that one is, but that's out now. PC and Switch. Uh, she Dreams Elsewhere's out early 2021. PC, Switch, Xbox One. Uh, one of the bigger ones here is Grindstone which is a capybara game uh, coming out this autumn, which was one of the highlights of the Apple Arcade launch. Uh, mm-hmm. That also pissed people off because they couldn't just buy it outright. You had to stay a subscriber to get access to that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's coming to Switch, uh, which is kind of a puzzle RPG kind of thing where you're build, uh, like picking out the... Uh, you're just going through these uh, gems and... You know, go on diagonal your cross or whatever, trying to take out all the gems on the screen at once if you can. Uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, there's Goner 2, which is a sequel to the uh, the fairly popular uh, roguelite uh, kind of game. Came out a while back. It's Autumn 2020. And Untitled Goose Game capped it off with a... Now that they're getting co-op updates on September 23rd to add a second goose uh, to that game. So you can have uh, a friend play with you and cause mayhem together. I guess also getting a physical release as well. So uh, that's the indie world. A lot of a uh, lot of good stuff there uh, for people to check out here later this year, out now, and sometime next year. Uh, but let's get to yep. delays. Here we uh, go. One of the the bigger releases for the PS5 that uh, was going to come out either at launch or shortly after. Deathloop, the new yep. Arcane Leon game. 
uh, is being pushed to Q2 2021. Uh, saying that uh, they are obviously working at home and uh, the game wasn't kind of coming together as fast as they needed to get ready for launch. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're pushing it back to give more time to work. Uh, so that's a bit of a disappointment for the for the early PS5 lineup, but I think that'll be that'll be okay for that game. That game should get as good as. Uh, in other news, Sports Story, the sequel to Golf Story, has been delayed indefinitely. And they yeah. put out a cutesy little trailer. Uh, that kind of has all the humor that you expect from that uh, mm-hmm. game, uh, saying that they're going to work on it some more, uh, but not going to announce a date or anything until uh, it's ready. Because uh, I think the the previous timeline they had was it was going to be like mid twenty twenty, and it's obviously passed. So uh, that'll be exciting to see when that eventually hits. Hopefully, it's not too much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talked about the new Battle Toads earlier. And uh, in the lead up to that, they put out a reprint of it for I Am 8-Bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Pre-orders have sold out, but it was a ninety-nine ninety-nine. Uh, you mm. get either a uh, green, let's see, a translucent zits green, or an ultra-limited pimple brown cartridge. Uh, with that and some extra bonus stuff, premium instruction booklet, restored artwork. Plus forward by Gerard, the completionist Khalil. Has some dust cover, other packing stuff, and all that to go with it. But that seemed like a neat thing for people. Uh, but it's supposed to ship. Uh, let's see, sometime here in Q3. Mm-hmm. So hey, a way to a way for people to get another way to play that game, the original one on the NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you think about it, but. Uh, Speaking of old games getting re-released, uh, Supreme decided to get in on the uh, arcade market of reproductions mm-hmm. with a Mortal Kombat arcade cabinets. That is essentially like a uh, rebranded version of the arcade one-up cabinets, Mortal yep. Kombat cabinets with the first three games on it. It sure has the Supreme logo on it several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, even includes the like little stand that takes it from being about sitting height to standing height. It also has a Supreme logo on it. Uh, yeah, very kind of garish, but you know, with all the Supreme stuff, it's. I, I I don't understand why why this company is successful. It's, it's a fucking red logo, a white logo on red. That's 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 all it is. Yeah, it's... there's a there's a good episode of Patriot Act about Supreme that is uh, a definite watch for that oh yeah because it's you know the sneaker market is basically based on getting people excited for getting in the lottery for uh, overly expensive shoes it's yeah but for this (laughs) oh my god so they don't put out nearly enough for what the demand is for the various items they sell Mm -hmm. and then the resale market increases that several times more they even Uh, have fucking oreo yeah yeah, so like the arcade one-up cabinet version of this is like 360 bucks with all that stuff in it. And mm-hmm. so they joke here that, uh, so just take that and add a few zeros at the end. And that's probably what this thing is going to cost. Because, yeah, that's that's what Supreme is known. Hey, if you got a ton of money and want uh, a one-of-a-kind cabinet, or one of a few dozen kind, I assume, I don't know how much they're going to actually produce. As part of their whole thing is they don't tell you what they're doing ahead of time. Recession. 
Yeah, this is for the rich people that are still... Or the poor people yeah. that somehow still have some money. That isn't earmarked for more important things, I guess. Uh, but speaking of marketing, Sony has uh, started off their PS5 marketing with uh, their first global ad spot as a global brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, in past gens, it's been more regionalized. Europe did their yeah. own, US did their own, Japan did their own, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of their first one as a unified uh, PlayStation uh, marketing department. Mm-hmm. Uh, which looks pretty nice. Especially when they say that you know they had the the woman that's in it uh, film a lot of it at her apartment. Mm-hmm. They had a number of art studios kind of working on the CG stuff uh, to go with it. And yeah, it's like uh, the whole thing that was made pretty much all in uh, isolation. Uh, working at home, all that kind of stuff, which is pretty impressive. Get something that looks this nice. Um, yeah, they said it's uh, kicking off the launch of the PS5 console this holiday season, kind of confirming that they're still launching this holiday. Uh, yeah, this one is kind of more focused around the the new stuff, the Dual Sense ads, stuff like adaptive triggers and haptic feedback. And so with it, in the blog post they kind of have a number of devs uh, working on PS5 uh, exclusives, kind of talking about the way they're using that stuff. Uh, which I've looking through. There's a lot of interesting stuff, especially, uh, which one was it? I think it was Spider-Man talking about, uh, being able to tell you like what direction enemies are going to attack from, even if they're off screen through how they're using the, the, the haptic feedback on the controller. So mm-hmm. kind of like give you a heads up that way. And stuff like that. That seems like it should be ways to use that. Tech. So yeah, that is, uh, yeah, there's a one more interesting thing is, uh, from the Ratchet & Clank game here. Uh, Marcus Smith, the director, says the adaptive triggers are something that they uh, are really using uh, with the Enforcer gun. It's a dual-barreled shotgun-type weapon. As you pull the trigger, you'll fire from one barrel, and you can feel resistance around halfway down the trigger. You need a bigger blast. Pull the trigger through that resistance point, and you'll fire both barrels at the same time. Kind of almost getting like the, the GameCube's like, second button in the trigger. That kind of thing where you pull it all the way down, you got like a second click. Uh, stuff kind of like that. Which is some pretty cool kind of uh, ways of adapting that. And of course they got Kazunori Yamauchi down here. It's like, oh yeah, it's perfect for showcasing the ABS system, the anti-lock brake system in the cars. Uh, that kind of stuff, like very nerdy car uh, racing stuff. Uh, to it. show you the, the relationship between the braking force that you want and the gr- tires grip on the road, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm kind of excited to see how more of that stuff works with the games. Uh, as for what you can do now, as far as PlayStation stuff, Ghost of Tsushima got a big co-op, online co-op mode announced called mm-hmm. Legends. Uh, there's up to four players, uh, and it's an entirely new experience. It's not just a way of playing the main campaign. So Jin isn't a part of this and all that, but it's based around Japanese mythology uh, and folk tales. And so, so you're kind of working together uh, in that kind of story aspect, which looks pretty neat. Mm. Yeah, groups of two to four players. Uh, you can choose from one of four different character classes, samurai, hunter, ronin, or assassin. Each class has unique advantages and abilities that they'll review, uh, reveal in the future. Yeah, with uh, two players, you'll be able to play a series of co-op story missions that escalate in difficulty. 
Yeah, building on the foundation of combat from the single-player campaign, but the new magical twists require careful synchronization with your partner. And four players, they have wave-based survival missions, fighting groups of the toughest enemies, Sushman has to offer, including new Oni enemies with supernatural abilities. So this is, uh, this, and it's all going to be free, free updates this fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a pretty neat way to add some more content to the game uh, without asking. I look forward to it. It's yeah. good. Yeah, that's going to be uh, interesting to see how people take to that. Uh, so yeah, Fandom, DC Fandom happened last night. Yeah. Uh, a couple of games got announced uh, featuring DC properties. First one is uh, Gotham Knights mm-hmm. uh, from uh, was WB Montreal. Made, I think, uh, Batman Origins and some other stuff for them. Uh, but this is a uh, two one to two player uh, online co-op uh, kind of open world like games as a service title, uh, but featuring yeah. the like uh, the side characters Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin uh, as you're going around in a Gotham that Batman is uh, at this point. So you're kind of the four of you uh, are taking over, uh, protecting uh, the streets and the citizens and such. And along with that trailer, they put out. Uh, they also put out a uh, gameplay walkthrough trailer, so you can see some of it in action. Uh, and this game will be out next year. I don't think there's a date or anything. Uh, but from what the the gameplay shows, uh, it looks pretty neat. Kind of taking a little bit of the the Arkham stuff. I believe it's not part of the Arkham universe. Uh, so the uh, even though some of these characters have been in the those games and have some similar style to it. Uh, it's separate from that stuff. But yeah, it very much feels like they're doing the same kind of thing that uh, the Avengers game is doing. But it looks more dynamic and interesting than what I've seen of the Avengers so far. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, anybody else check this stuff out? Yeah, when I, when I was watching the game, um, it didn't seem like the Avengers at all. It, it seems like the campaign actually has some meat to it because yeah. what they showed was like 12 hours into Batgirl's campaign. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's like an open world game, so it's not necessarily like the the way that Avengers seems to kind of be. You come back to your hub area and you launch into a new mission, that kind of stuff. It seems uh, open world, uh, you know, character levels, loot, all that kind of stuff uh, to it. But it seems potentially like you'll get uh, different suits and all that kind of stuff. Potentially, I don't know if it's going to be Loot changing that stuff or not. Uh, they didn't really go into that kind of detail, but at least like Robin has a different suit when you're when they were going through this mission. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty neat. That'll be out sometime next year. And uh, we saw Rocksteady's new game, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Uh, just a cinematic trailer, because the game's still not going to be out until 2022. Uh, that'll be out on just PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Yeah. Gotham Knights is on current and next-gen consoles. Hold on, Dan Reb, you're, you've sunk in yourself. Your audio's like... I was saying, uh, so this one apparently does take place in the Arkham Universe. Yeah, it does. Uh, so it's following up uh, sometime after uh, the Arkham games. As uh, I believe it's, this one's in Metropolis, this trailer is at least, where Brainiac has, you know, trying to take over. 
with all of his like alien minions and all that. And mm-hmm. Suicide Squad has been sent out to deal with this. And I think by the end they find out, oh yeah, Superman is like being controlled by Brainiac. Yep. And that the, their job's a lot harder than they thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the the four characters they have is uh, Shark King, yep. uh, Deadshot, uh, yep. Boom, uh, was it Captain Boomerang, and yeah. Harley Quinn. Of course. And it's a one-to-four player uh, game you can play with friends or just play solo. Yep. Uh, but I believe when you're playing solo, you have the other three with you. Mm-hmm. So you kind of switch between them at will. Uh, depending on whatever you need. And yeah, just for being a cinematic trailer, it's not really uh, doing too much here. Just laying out what's going on. But yeah, it's uh, it looks really nice. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the Arkham style still holds up pretty well. And, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's still two years off still, so it's not, not really too much to get excited about just yet. Because we didn't get any gameplay or anything like that. Honestly, I gotta admit, that's kinda refreshing to see a, you know, a company announce like that and say, oh yeah, but just so you know, this is gonna be a couple years off. Yeah. yeah like to, they're not trying to rush it or anything. Yeah, to be able to admit that, you know, this is gonna be a ways off and not just be like, ah, we're just not gonna tell you anything. That's the way some companies do it. It's like, ah, that's maybe not the best way to do this. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if, if any company earned it, it's Rocksteady. So. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, let's see here. There's uh, who added this to the uh, outline? This is me. Okay. This is me. Yeah. Okay, because, yeah, I got to do this. Okay, so uh, I posted this on my Facebook page for anybody who wants to watch. But, okay, so basically this week this freaking trailer came out of freaking nowhere and it absolutely blew everyone away um it's called black meth wukong and it's from a chinese developer and uh basically it's like a souls like game of like you know with a little bit of sekiro thrown in but what you're doing is you're basically playing uh sun wukong you know the monkey king and uh yeah, it is. It, it, what they sh- it, they showed a gameplay trailer and it looks freaking amazing. Um, so yeah, you're playing Sun Wukong, so you're going around uh, the wilderness, um, and like he has like various things he can do. Like he can he can uh, transform himself into a golden cicada, so that he can like sort of buzz around, you know, more or less hidden. Uh, he also, when he comes back, you know, he fights with his staff because, again, it's Sun Wukong. That's what he does. Um, and with that staff, you know, he can, like, you know, do amazing martial arts shit with it. He can spin it around to deflect projectiles. And, of course, since it's his, it's Sun Wukong's staff, he can also make it grow and lengthen at, at uh, will. So at at least one point, you'll see him, like, make it grow and he'll go and he'll, like, jump up to the top of it and flip it over and do, like, a power attack. Um, he's basically fighting a bunch of enemies that are, like, from traditional Chinese mythology, including, like, Earth Kings and animal people and stuff like that, and holy shit, it looks amazing. Um, and it's really neat, too, because I don't know if you guys have noticed, but very slowly over the last few years... Um, 
you know, Chinese developers seem to be wanting to move away from uh, mobile games into like actual like regular major console gaming. Um, this particular uh, game is made by a bunch of former developers who used to work for Tencent. Um, and we've got this. We've got uh, I think it's Project Awakening, and we've also got uh, Lost Soul Aside coming down the pipeline. So. Kind of looks like the we might be seeing a sort of uh, emergence of uh, China as of Chinese developers as like major um, a major hub of game developers very soon. Yeah, and it's definitely a number that's like Sony has been doing a lot of work cultivating uh, development scene over there, mm-hmm. uh, especially working on some stuff for them with. Uh, PlayStation VR as well as the PS4 itself. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. There's more that have aspirations, especially getting on the consoles as a means of getting their games outside of China. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the mobile stuff probably appeals just to uh, people all around Asia uh, versus uh, a lot of the the console stuff where it's like, you know, they're not going to be able to make their own launcher on PC or whatever that primarily just appeals to those people. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, look at this trailer. It looks pretty nice. Oh, it is. It has a, it... a nice style to it that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of has a little bit of like Neo there, but definitely a bit more of a Chinese sensibility to it. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's, uh, it looks pretty nice. Oh yeah. They have any sort of date they're looking at or time? Frame? Nope. <laughs> All right. No, they do not. All right. Well, let's go. We'll keep that on the table for another time. Mm-hmm. See when they have some more to talk about that. Uh, that's kind of it for the new like announcements and all that kind of stuff. I uh, get to the, the kind of the newsy news stuff here, but uh, talk a bit about Fall Guys. Uh, they decided to take uh, the fact that brands were trying to get in on promoting themselves with Fall Guys stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Fall Guys jokes and all that kind of stuff, like suggesting, like, hey, let's let's get uh, you know KFC costume in there, Walmart costume or whatever. And so they said, mm-hmm. uh, hey, we're going to let me see, I can pull up the tweet here uh, from them. It says, uh, "Battle of the brands. The thirst from brands has been unreal, so we're turning into something positive. Prize your brand inside Fall Guys as a costume." To enter a politest tweet with the highest amount of money you would be willing to donate to at Special Effect, uh, which is a UK-based charity that, uh, okay, it's about physical debility, uh, disabilities, uh, helping those kind of people. So kind of taking donation uh, uh, bids, I guess, for uh, that kind of stuff. So you get the jokey stuff, but uh, I think their top one is a YouTube uh, channel. That is donating, I think, a bit of like $422,000 right now. So going better, bigger than some of the actual like big corporations. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely others around, like Rivals of Aethers, developers in there, Cooler Master, uh, and some others like that. But uh, yeah, right now the, the highest bid is $422,000. Uh, so yeah, looking to get that in there. But they show some jokey ones here, like a Tushy Bidet. Uh, bid forty thousand and one cent, uh, with their design uh, design submission being a shirt that says "Ask me about my butthole." So, uh huh. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, kind of using the the way brands try to get in on you know popular stuff in gaming uh, to promote themselves. This one's kind of using that for a f- uh, good uh, for a charity. Which I think is a pretty smart way of doing that. Yeah. I don't know when they're ending this. Probably check the, the tweet. Uh, two weeks. So by the end of the month, uh, they'll pick one that has the, the highest bid. But hey, that's uh, that's a pretty cool thing to be. Doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, on the bad side of Twitter, uh, there's E3's Twitter account, uh, which decided to, I don't know why they would have even posted this, but they posted a link to an article on Parade.com uh, that is titled The Games We Play, 25 Online Games That Women Enjoy, saying, uh, great list of games women gamers are playing, any of your favorites make the cut. Which the article is like an okay list. Uh, has stuff like Sayonara Wild Hearts, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Overwatch, and Spelunky on it. Uh, you know. Uh, but then also dips into some of the stereotype stuff by, you know, saying, hey, they like uh, Bejeweled. Uh, the article, the, the little paragraph for that saying, you know, diamonds are girls' best friends. Am I right, ladies? Uh, you know, uh. stuff like that. It's, it's like, yes. Yeah, God, right. that's so fucking cringy. Yeah, and uh, the article, the the tweet started picking up as people started ratioing it and uh, shitting all over it because you know it's kind of a shitty. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, and they eventually uh, deleted the tweet and posted a follow up saying we messed up, taking down the post and apologize for perpetuating a harmful stereotype. We will do better. Uh, yeah, it's. Not really, uh, it's kind of wild that they would even post anything like that. It's late August. You shouldn't even be posting anything. (laughs) Yeah, they shit the bed on doing anything this summer, so. Yeah. Give your social media team a break. Yeah. Uh, Let them take it easy. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, yeah, they got a, uh, statement from the spokesperson for the ESA saying, we post a story that does not reflect what we believe and know to be true that women and girls make, play, and excel in games of all genres. Video games are for everyone, as the unequivocal voice of the gaming community reminds us all. Yeah, it's, it's a real dumb thing. I think I replied, I was like, it took you faster to respond to this than when you uh, leaked thousands of people's personal information on your site, which they did not respond to. So they're faster to react to this kind of stuff than anything else. Hey, that's uh, E3. You can forget about them for until 2021 at least. Uh, it was quite an interesting hour when it was tweeted. Like when it, when I saw the list, one of the games featured is uh, Kim Kardashian's Hollywood, which my company makes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to avoid this one. <laughs> yeah, and there's other stuff like oh, Solitaire. I was like, I guess, but that's... Yeah, Solitaire, that, that's just bizarre. You know, fucking... Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like, yeah, everybody likes Solitaire. Yeah. That's why it's been a th- popular thing for thousands of years. At this mm-hmm. point. But yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, speaking of 2021, NBA 2K21, uh, we talked about that a while back where they said they're going to raise the next gen prices to 70 bucks. Then offer the weird, uh, like, Mama Forever special edition. It's 100 bucks that, uh, gets you both versions for, uh, whichever consoles you want to buy, PS4 to PS5. Xbox One to uh, Series X, uh, they were not going to be supporting like free upgrades uh, for that. 
So, but they are doing one thing that's at least nice is that they are going to be carrying over uh, your virtual currency balance and your my team progression, which is their version of ultimate team uh, between generations, uh, at least on the same console family. So PS4 over to PS5, Xbox One to Series X. Uh, it even goes back and forth, so you can kind of keep playing either version. I don't know why you would do that, but hey, if you want to, uh, if you have one at, uh, you know, at a friend's house or whatever, even though that's going to be a weird thing to do at this point, uh, for this fall, but who knows. But if you need to, hey, they're at least supporting that back and forth, uh, carry over your progress, uh, for whatever you need. Mm-hmm. This does read well, um, but as someone that has dealt with like, you know, actual microtransactions stuff in the, in the background, this could also mean one of two things. Yeah. One, uh, is the, the 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 currency you use is probably going to be different currency for different reasons for specific modes, or two, everything in the next game will be more expensive. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, let's see how that goes. But yeah, the. I think if you pre-order the the special edition that includes the both versions of the game, uh, it also gives you extra uh, the currency. So you get a hundred thousand for the PS4 version and a hundred thousand for the PS5 version uh, when that's out. So at least feeding into that stuff a bit more there. But uh, yeah, and they're also I guess shifting the my team stuff instead of it being kind of just a here's the thing for you know the life of this game. They're kind of shifting to like a seasonal mode, so that you know there'll be special events just for you know whatever, whatever it lasts like a month or so, like a battle pass that kind of stuff. But yeah, that uh, so you get like extra bonuses that kind of stuff, uh, which makes sense. But yeah, this it's gonna be a weird game because there's not gonna be any basketball when this is coming out. Uh, they'll be finishing uh, the. Uh, the season, like in October, I think, is when the, the next-gen versions launch. Uh, it won't be just starting like it usually is every year. So that's going to be a whole weird thing. I think the next season might be starting maybe in December, uh, maybe January, something like that. I don't know if they've hammered out the details for what the next NBA season's looking like, but yeah, they're in the playoffs right now, so that we finished off here in a couple months. Uh, but yeah, there's, uh, 2K at least doing something uh, pretty decent for that. Uh, yeah, last week we talked about Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 getting delayed. And we got some yeah, additional Yeah, well, now news. we kind of know why. <laughs> uh, sort of, uh, that the, uh, let's see, the creative director and the lead writer had been fired. Uh, yeah, the, let's see, Brian Mitsoda, who's also lead writer of the original first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and director Kai Clooney, uh, put a blog post kind of talking about this saying, yeah, uh, we mentioned that there'd been some sort of shakeup, uh, for the organization, making some changes and that they were, uh, finally able to disclose what it is. Uh, those two are no longer part of the team at hard suit labs. It's a joint decision yeah. made by the leadership of hard suit labs and paradox interactive. Uh, yeah. So they have a new person, Alexandra, uh, Mandrika has come on board mm-hmm. as a creative consultant, filling the creative director role for Bloodlines 2, and help them in the final stages of development. Uh, and 
see Alexander is committed to following the vision that is in place and successfully bringing Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 to the fans. Uh, and they worked, let's see, in the industry more than 20 years. Assassin's yep. Creed, Warhammer, 40K, Far Cry, and others. So, yeah, kind of getting someone uh, established in there to help them finish things. Yeah, no real explanation of what the why this is happening. So I don't think it's necessarily decision, the uh, related to the delay so much. But yeah, the uh, Brian Minnesota had a statement to Rock Paper Shotgun saying this came as a shock to me. Uh, this came that this came as a shock to me is underselling it. Uh, I'm incredibly disappointed and frustrated to say this is where the where it ends for me on the project. It's not part of the conversations that led to the decision on delay, to delay production. To my knowledge, there were no delays caused by Bloodlines 2 narrative development. So yeah. No idea like what, what particularly it did, but who knows. Uh, this, uh, and this stuff happened last month when they were fired, so yeah, kind of a weird weird development, but hey, it happened. Hopefully the, the product itself is not off too worse for this kind of shakeup. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, we got a uh, here for there's this uh, ad company, uh, Ogil- Ogilvy, O G I L V Y. Mm-hmm. A little bit hard to pronounce, but yeah, uh, they came up with an interesting way of marketing Burger King uh, stuff by essentially going to tw- uh, Twitch streams that yeah. had uh, text to voice uh, donation support donating like five bucks or whatever to promote so that's you know for five bucks you could get a whopper fries and a drink that would be a lot cheaper than if they had gone through uh that person or their business people for a proper part of their part in their ad campaign and then posting afterwards uh hey here's here's how this amazing marketing campaign happened uh with clips of the various streamers being like wait what the fuck yeah it's kind of very kind of a uh, skeezy Easy way to do marketing and take advantage of this, these like community features these streams have. Yeah, and streamers, uh, Twitch streamers, were not happy about it either. Yeah, there's one. Uh, let me see. Oh yeah, Ross O'Donovan, I think, goes by Rubber Ninja. Said, uh, "Hey, at Burger King, you guys took out our talk, so I put it back in for you." Also, his mm-hmm. marketing is scummy as hell. Don't ever do it again. Talk mm-hmm. about how he's talking about uh, Hungry Jacks, which is the Australian version of Burger King. Uh, well, and also the Canadian one until recently. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he talked about how uh, he, uh, how shitty that was. I just got kind of a real weird thing to to go through, but yeah. Just kind of ended up talking about it while he's just working on a, a Paper Mario, or not Paper Mario, uh, Super Mario Maker stage kind of thing. It's just a... Uh, and ends it with like talking about how he love a, a Burger King like spider bird kind of weird thing, but uh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. uh, live streamers did not like to be being taken advantage of. Uh, yeah, let's see here, streamer Zombie Unicorn said this is absolutely unprofessional and unethical. I don't know how anyone approved this idea. You should have consulted professional streamers before launching this initiative. Yeah, kind of using their their like community tools for your professional ad campaign. Uh, is just like really taking advantage of the like partnership stuff that they that a company would usually do with these streamers. Be like, oh, you only get five bucks instead of maybe a couple hundred bucks or whatever mm. uh, for a shout out, that kind of thing. Uh, I think even one 
uh, responded like, "Listen, are you going to sponsor me or not?" They're just using their their whole thing for that kind of shitty stuff. But kind of one of those things that uh, I think some people here are like, "Yeah, I don't. I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier. Uh, nobody tried this out before because uh, it seems very much like a thing like an ad. Uh, people that worked in advertising would think like, "Oh, this is an amazing thing. Uh, a way we can kind of do all this kind of marketing without." Uh, for like a fraction of the cost. That's uh, yeah, there's a comment here that actually talks to that. Uh, someone who works in advertising, marketing for video games, definitely something I could see being pitched, loved by whatever group brainstormed it, and by the clients. That's because everything that isn't the product itself tends to be seen as something to exploit in order to sell the product in part because consumers generally don't have the knowledge needed to see behind the veil of the things they love, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's uh, kind of something that, uh, yeah, I think some of these streamers had to specifically ban certain people, uh, accounts that were doing this from the future donations, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is not really too hard. I think it was like one was like a Burger King account specifically. Another one was one that's like called the King of Streams account. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like weird shit. Like, but yeah, not really uh, another great thing I... I would assume Twitch is going to look at this uh, as well and banish it as well as uh, some of you are saying. I honestly think this should be investigated by the FTC. I think they should be held accountable and this should be a case study for marketing students in the future that this is absolutely unethical. I'm shocked anyone greenlighted this. Because the way the FTC has rules around YouTubers and Twitch streamers disclosing ads, like using their tools against them in this way, is just really scummy. Uh, let's see. Yep. Okay, so... Let's get to Facebook. So they've been one of the big stories this week. Uh, they bought Oculus uh, several years ago. Uh, and people are kind of very wary about that because, you know, Facebook even then was still not, still well known for harvesting people, uh, nefarious purposes. Yeah. Uh, people are dreading at a certain point, assuming that at some point Facebook would require them to log in with a Facebook account. And they mm-hmm. finally called their bluff. Facebook, as of October, new users of Oculus VR uh, headsets will need to log in with a Facebook account. Uh, current users will need to merge their Oculus accounts with a Facebook account within the next two years to maintain the full functionality of their systems after January 1st, 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which has uh, not been well received by people. Because, you know, all the... Also, this come out since then about Facebook, the way they uh, exploit users' data, uh, how hungry they are for getting anything they can out of you. The VR stuff offers even more. As they kind of get some of these headsets have, you know, cameras, they can take a look at what's around you, maybe figure out, oh, this guy likes, you know, Pepsi. We'll send them Pepsi ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. And as well as the way they exploit uh the news that they provide to people and all that kind of stuff that is very much not been great for uh, U.S. democracy as well as countries around the world. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, some news that's going to cause a lot of people to rethink whether they support Oculus, maybe get rid of their headsets, that kind of stuff, and go for Valve or PlayStation VR or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, at first I, I didn't think this would be much of a story, mainly because like you know Facebook owns Oculus, like it was eventually going to happen. But I did not know that a uh, uh, Oculus said that this would happen, so that in itself is scummy. But yeah. and I think people have like hung on to like parts of their TOS that said this wouldn't happen. At some point, they will just keep going with their Oculus accounts because I think currently 
You could just keep using just your Oculus account without Facebook attached, but you lose like your social features, your multiplayer stuff and all that, which is still pretty shitty to say, like, oh, you can still use your headset, but you just can't do anything uh, multiplayer related until you give us your data kind of stuff. Facebook just is not a trustworthy company by these people, customers, and yeah, it's not. I think they even have rules against creating fate, uh, fake accounts too, Facebook accounts to attach to your uh, headset, uh, which would allow them to potentially just like ban you, uh, block you from using even the legit games you purchased. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff as well. It's like, yeah, that seems like a, a whole, a whole shitty situation all around. That they could easily uh, get around by not requiring this stuff, but Facebook is gonna Facebook. Unfortunately, there. But yeah, the the people that definitely were very cautious around that acquisition have been proven right that Facebook eventually would get their hooks in it in a way that you know potentially could get real bad at points uh, for those that care about their data. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, sketchy stuff going on, uh, the Epic and Apple dispute continues on. Oh yes. Uh, this has also been one of the other big points. Uh, we talked last week about uh, Epic adding the their own like payment processing uh, to the game on mobile, Apple and uh, iOS, uh, Apple iOS and Google uh, Androids uh, versions, uh, both being pulled. Apple uh, Epic filing suit against them for antitrust stuff. Uh, in response, pretty quickly, Apple pulled the plug on Epic Games uh, dev accounts for iOS, uh, so that. You know, they wouldn't be able to work on uh, Unreal Engine for uh, games on that those platforms. iOS, macOS, and uh, other Apple stuff there. Uh, which uh, is definitely a hell, of a hell of a thing to pull. Uh, let's see, Epic has, in retaliation, filed for an injunction to block this uh, being pulled so they can keep working on the tools aspect of their business. Uh, versus just pulling Fortnite. Uh, you know, which is kind of a whole... Uh, a neat layer to it that uh, Apple will just be like, yeah, we're just going to kick you off the platform entirely uh, and block you from even supporting the devs they have there, which I think I've even seen that uh, Microsoft just put out a statement about this whole thing uh, mm-hmm. in support of Epic because they've got Unreal Engine games on iOS and uh, macOS. I think it's like the Gears Pop and the Forza Street games are on Unreal Engine, so yeah, definitely they would be... Uh, they would like to not potentially have issues in the future uh, as a result of that. Uh, but along with that, uh, yeah, they revealed that Epic had previously asked for a special deal, which uh, especially related to the payment processor stuff, uh, which... Not really surprised they would ask beforehand, but that probably gave Apple a tip that like they would probably pull some shit at some point, uh, which is kind of a, a whole wild thing that's going on. Yeah, it's uh, let's see uh, from the email. Let's see because of restrictions imposed by Apple, Epic is unable to provide customers with certain features in our iOS apps. We like to offer consumers the following features: one, competing payment processing options other than Apple Payments without Apple's fees, and Fortnite and other. Epic Games software distributed through the iOS App Store to a competing mm. Epic Games Store app available through the iOS App Store and through direct installation that has equal access to underlying operating system features for software installation and updates as the iOS App Store. 
itself has, including the ability to install and update software as seamlessly as the iOS App Store experience. So that second one's definitely something Apple's not going to be into at all. Uh, they only want themselves to be uh, the sole provider of iOS games and apps. Uh, Epic's not going to get anything like what has happened on Android stuff, or like and uh, Amazon had like an app store for a while. They probably still do in some ways, but uh, like alternate means of getting games out there. But yeah, the the beef with Apple and uh, Epic continues on. Uh, you have anything to add, Dan Rib, on this stuff? No, no. This is pretty much the way uh, I expect it to go. Just uh, yeah. popcorn ready. Yeah, basically uh, everybody in the story is an asshole. Yeah, it's, so like we said last week, I don't really care about either company. Yeah, it's uh, basically a bunch of corporate shit throwing their corporate dicks around. Yeah, trying to get their their minuscule percents. Like Epic could totally afford giving up the thirty percent. They just don't want to if they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Which is why Apple has the whole thing in place anyway, because they they would love to get that uh, cut if they could uh, from everybody, and everybody offers it up as a means of doing business with the Apple ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of the whole... Yeah, it makes sense on both sides, what, what they're doing. I just don't care, because Apple's a trillion-dollar company and Epic's a uh, billion-dollar company. Nothing they're doing here really affects anything that matters to us. It's just them trying to fight for extra uh, percentages of millions and millions of dollars of money they pull on for their products. And Epic's even gone as far as having. I'm not to go. saying I'm. Go ahead. I'm not saying um, I'm in their defense or anything, but like Fortnite's uh, biggest uh, or Fortnite's event coming up is a Marble event, and mm-hmm. you know, like these licenses are not cheap. So nope. to yeah. pay those on top of the Apple are you know even more ridiculous. But again, I'm not in their defense, but you know, yeah. when you have to pay both a licensor and you know a, a license another license, it just adds these fees. Oh, yeah. I kind of get it, but again, I, I don't... Yeah, and like, uh, Epic is holding a special event in the in Fortnite called, I think, Hashtag Free Fortnite Tournament. That is a whole weird thing where it's like the, the final, like, major event they'll be able to, to use to, uh, for iOS and uh, Android players. That has some, like, special stuff in it you can get for participating. I think it starts today. Uh, and also, like, one of the weird things they're also giving out is, like, a a cheap-looking hat. It says, uh, free Fortnite on it with, like, a, a weird version of the, uh, the pinata, the Fortnite pinata, but also merged with the, uh, the Apple logo. The old Apple logo, at least. Alright, I get what you're doing. It's, you're just doing it in the most, uh, stupid way possible. Very much mocking everything, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the the current thing going on with Apple and Epic. Uh, I think we can say, you know, fuck both of them. I hate them all and I want them to die. Yeah. That's... that's There's the a title there. for our show. We hate them all and we want them to die. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, that is, uh, that, is, that is this week's show. Uh, at least we got talks about some nice things here. Yeah. Uh, some very nice things, some new games coming out that look interesting. Uh, oh yeah, uh, some that are already out now, and yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be back next week uh, as the end of the month comes up here. Uh, as we got Gamescom, so we got to be we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know when any of that stuff is. I have to look it up, but yeah, twenty seven, 
twenty seventh. That's uh, that's Thursday. Yep. I, all right. So we'll tune into that stuff. What's that? There's also some, there's also some pretty strong rumors about a Nintendo Direct happening on the twenty eighth, which I'm inclined to believe, mainly because an indie world normally precedes one. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? The those people. I saw some jokes like, oh, people you know, saying that for every day of the week. Uh, all that kind of thing. Because if you say every day of the week that direct's going to happen, you're going to be right uh, a couple times. It's the easiest way to predict things is to say it's always going to happen. Because when, when it actually happens, you're all, you're right. Hey. But uh, hey, news. Yeah, just, just don't predict um, Mother you're good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be... The internet would... Simultaneously be confused and happy and angry about that sort of announcement. Mad that it actually took them this long for it to happen, happy that it happens, and the rest would be confused like, what the fuck is that game? Because so few, I think the, the amount of people with a Switch that know what Mother 3 is is probably less than a million, maybe? <laughs> yeah. For the company, for the, the fan base at least. It's, uh, that's a whole weird part of the... I imagine people probably only know that name just because of other people yelling about it. Um, and because the, char- the characters are in <laughs> Smash, so... Yeah. But they probably... They may not know that's that's also Earthbound. Uh, who knows, but... Yeah, it's... Uh, that's a whole weird thing, but yeah, maybe there's a direct, I don't know. Who knows? We'll find out sometime this week. Uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys next Sunday... Uh, I am your host, Chris Logi, with Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Dan Victorio. We'll see you next week, and oh my god, it's almost September. I want more Elden Ring news, damn it! <laughs>